Welcome to Trending in Education, our second annual Don't Be a Turkey, Learn to Be Grateful episode. Dan Strafford is with me. Dan was here the first time we got this show together last year. Dan, welcome back. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Good to have you. It's been a little while, so it's always nice to get a little space repetition. Get some space, right? The forgetting curve, right? When we're about to forget about you, you're back, top of mind. And and as if it as if you were not enough, Dan, we also have Melissa Griffith back with us. So Melissa, welcome back to Trending in Education, and welcome to your first ever thankfulness edition of Trending in Education. Uh, thanks. Thanks. I'm grateful to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So yeah, so if all goes according to plan, this will be dropping early in the morning of Thanksgiving. So for our most avid listeners, those of you who grab that download and want to listen to it right away, you may be listening to this over your Thanksgiving festivities in the U.S., those of us who are celebrating. And and then for those of you international uh, folks out there, you may just enjoy the curiosity of understanding how us Yanks are thinking about Thanksgiving. But, but one trend that we've been noticing for some time now, uh, we talked about last year, is this trend around gratefulness. And, and then a lot of the research that is out there is talking about the, the positive health benefits, the positive mental health components of gratefulness in line with things like mindfulness and uh, growth mindset. There's almost this uh, new awakening around uh, a gratitude mindset and how some of these things can be learned. Maybe beginning with you, Melissa, what's your perspective on this? We haven't heard your take on gratefulness, on what it means to be thankful. And then it's a very, 2020 has been such a crazy year on so many fronts. I think it's, a, it's an interesting time to think about gratefulness, but, but any perspective from you? Yeah, I mean, I think before gratefulness was like, quote unquote, the trending thing to do, I think I've always had it as part of my life. So very early on when I was a teenager, I used to do yoga and that's a, it's a very big part of yoga and meditation. And so it's always been, it's a thing that even when I am at my lowest point, I tend to think about what do I have to be grateful for? I tend to do a lot of meditation around gratitude in the morning. It just makes you feel better about your life. So I think it's a, a great thing. And especially in 2020, I think I've been one of the few people in 2020 that goes, it's been bad. There are a lot of things I am thankful for this year because COVID sucks, but it did solve a lot of problems for me in my life. So yeah, and I'm <laughs> born to, to social isolate, born to social isolate. I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to get back into that a little yeah. bit uh, as well. But before then, Dan, how about from your perspective? Yeah, pretty sure we talked about it last year a bit, but the idea, I think gratitude for so long was about making other people feel good. And that or that was the mindset for so many people. Well, I have to say thank you. I'd say these things to make sure other people feel good about themselves. But I do think the looming uh, world of self-reflection and self-care has brought uh, with it the idea that gratitude makes you feel good too. Yeah. And, and I think to your point, Mike, this is an education show, has been an education show, you can learn it too. It's not something that is innately necessarily something you do. Kids do typically seem to give more hugs and be more affectionate with their gratitude. Mm -hmm. But to Melissa's point, journaling and yoga and that sort of stuff to be self-reflective mm -hmm. and self-gracious, gracious with yourself and have gratitude for the things you have and the things you get to do, uh, I think is a huge step. I've tried to make over the past eight months to ratchet it up, like to be mindful that I need to be openly more 
happy around the things I have and name them and be, yeah. be a part of it because it's so easy when we're in this sort of world to let it that slide and let it become a little bit doom and gloom and studies show people feel better. They go to the doctor less. They do better at work or in school when they're openly uh, showing their gratitude and being mindful of it. So yeah. I, I think it's a great thing to discuss and to try to break down some barriers on to make people aware that it's not all warm and fuzzy necessarily. It's just being mindful of what you got and, and how you can be thankful for it. Yeah. 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 And for me, it's an interesting antidote to doom scrolling, which mm -hmm. is another thing that is a thing. It's a very 2020 thing where your feeds, whichever feeds you choose to allow into your universe are probably feeding you 24 seven emergency, fight or flight, stress, danger. And if you can shut those things off, which is the other thing that both you were talking about, giving yourself room to be reflective, room to be off the grid, very conscious of what's going into your mind, you can start to break out of some of the negative spirals that are more available now, perhaps than ever. It's really easy to perseverate and go into these cycles of what else is wrong oh my god and then if you share it let alone if you share and if you're thinking about that you'll get a lot of reinforcement right. to say oh my god you think that's bad check this other thing out perspective on doom scrolling as we're talking about this i i have largely quit twitter i have largely quit facebook i stick to new sites and even that can be some doom scrolling happening but i'll go on twitter only on my computer so i don't have it on my phone anymore i don't so i've made those changes personally, because I felt exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I felt that I would spiral down. I'd refresh and see what was new, but nothing see, was new. Nothing changed. See, uh, I, I do scroll. I do yeah, scroll a lot, yeah. but I think my perspective is very different from most people. I also, I have gotten into this habit of watching YouTube videos about cars. About Karens. Karens, yeah. Karens. Karens. I thought Karens. you said, I thought you said, you're a fan of Schrodenberg. That's what you uh, are. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't take pleasure. I do not take pleasure from out of it, but it does make, it does give me perspective to my life. I live a pretty good life. And, and, and even that kind of animosity that people show or even doom scrolling, like all the, the hate in the world, like just makes me feel like, like thankful that I'm not around that. Yeah. Like I, my, I do not surround my people, like uh, myself with, with people who act that way right. in either direction. So in essence, you're saying you are, grateful for the opportunity to doom scroll <laughs> yes. because that can actually have some net benefits just by comparison. Dan may be right, but I'm not going to admit. <laughs> well, I, what I'm hearing from both of you is the idea of being intentional about your time. Absolutely. So if you are, if you're doom scrolling, it's not because you stumbled into it absentmindedly and suddenly you're spending hours upon hours of time. You're at least hopefully reaching the level of awareness that I'm doing this as an outlet. I'm doing this as a coping mechanism or not. I mean, what, what's the deal? I mean, I, I sleep like a baby after I watch them before I go to bed. So, yeah. no, no, then I'm going to do some self-reflection. Yeah. Uh, that will be my self-reflection today. It's, it's knowing <laughs> limits. And to your point, it's not adversely affecting you. So there's no reason to, it's anything, right? Anything in moderation. You hear that cliche all the time. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't affect you poorly. Me? I do scroll before I go to bed. I don't sleep right away. Yeah. It affects me where I need to actually detach from it. 
plug my phone in downstairs, head upstairs to go to go to bed because just separating those things out has been a, a large thing. And I have to say, my wife is largely responsible for me even thinking gratitude is an important thing. Yeah. yeah. 12 years, she's done an amazing job with our kids. We do uh, a grateful list uh, before bed for them uh, to try to calm them down and put a positive spin on the day, no matter what happened during the day. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think what I find intriguing for you, Melissa, is the doom scrolling. It, it doesn't affect you in that way. It doesn't change your premise. Yeah. It doesn't change your perception. Whereas for, I think, a decent amount of people who doom scroll, and listen, there is some fun in doom scrolling. There are some times where I'm like, this is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But I do think more often than not, though, it to Mike's point, it's just a rabbit hole for me, where I, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, like, it, it's too much to go through along the lines of uh, gratefulness as it relates to learning. Uh, one of the quotes that I've been using a lot this year is Nelson Mandela's, I never lose, I either win or learn. And the idea is that you have this opportunity to even be grateful for failures and to demonstrate your ability to actually grow through those difficult times. It's one thing that we did talk about earlier in the year, particularly around some of the racial unrest yeah. that was there embracing the discomfort that you feel around difficult conversations because those tough times and those difficult feelings are something you should be grateful for in that you're surfacing something that probably needs to get worked through. Thoughts on that, Melissa? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's exactly right. I think, as you well know, I had a hard time with a lot of the racial unrest earlier on in the year, but it it did. It forced me to self-reflect, right? And it forced me to think about it. And it forced me to have more open conversations with my friends and and colleagues about it. And to me, even this time, and and I'm horrified by where the world is right now in this moment, but I'm also using it as an opportunity to ask more questions. And I, I invite the out of perspective because I am most struggling with how you have a country that's so very divisive mm-hmm. in this. And like, I, I do, I look at it as every time, like I'm, I am obviously grateful that the Biden Harris ticket won, mm-hmm. but I, I am super concerned. I keep uh, pointing out to most people about the 73 million votes in Congress that voted for Trump and are so passionate and now feeling exactly how we felt in 2016. And that shouldn't be like, you shouldn't have a nation that divided. So I think all of this is an opportunity to learn. I think, Melissa, to your point, there's a, a grace involved there. One of the definitions of gratitude of talking about 2016 versus 2020 and understanding how we or you or I felt then and how people may yeah. be feeling today and being you know, grateful for the opportunity to maybe take a deep breath, listen for a little bit, and then hopefully move forward. I, I think you're spot on with there are still major problems. There are still major things that it, it, this isn't a, a blank slate. It's not like yeah. the last four years didn't happen and things need to move forward. But I think from a learning perspective and from gratitude this year, to your point, Melissa, there are things that happen and the negative hopefully allowed people to learn, to be self-reflective, to take the time to maybe question themselves or question those around them on certain things that in the past had been taboo or whatever the word you want to use. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point, COVID and the unrest were really awkward and and troublesome things that were happening. But I am to an extent grateful that COVID happened because of the family time I got and now over and done with it now. But I'm (laughs) grateful that we had so much time together. And for the unrest, like I'm grateful that people were out in the streets demanding change and that caused uncomfortable conversations to happen mm-hmm. and yeah. that i think is for a, a society for a culture for i'm grateful that there are people out there who are willing to fight for what they believe in 
and to push conversations forward. And I think we're in a place now where people are getting more and more comfortable with that, getting more aware that it needs to happen. And that's the self-reflection to me. That's the being grateful for what we have and knowing what we want and knowing where we want to go is, is a big deal. Right. Another thing we've talked about around thankfulness is being thankful for feedback and learning. Another thing to learn is to just accept feedback, particularly when it's critical and be thankful for it. Melissa, I know that's something you and I have talked a lot about, but I've been reflecting more on that. Any perspective from you on that? It is. It was a tough lesson. I believe we went through the, we were, we did it mockingly and it actually has become actually something I am. I'm a lot more thankful for it. I used to say thank you for your feedback uh, as a way to not say some other words, but truly I think in my last, and it is when I have grown the most uh, is when I finally learned that feedback is, is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. And as, especially if you take it in the intent it's given and, and you reflect on this. So I, I've actually, I was joking with somebody the other day. I was like, look, my new perspective on feedback is when you're telling it to me, I don't like it, but I realized that in about two minutes, two minutes to two days later, I'm going to yeah. internalize and reflect on it. So now I just accept it right away. Mm-hmm. Cause I know I'm going to come to the point where I accept the feedback. So it's easier to just in that moment, mm-hmm. just uh, release all the being judged that you're feeling. Right. And I think that's an important fact. And I think just going back to the whole, even 2020 and, and the world, that's what I think a lot more people need to be able to do. Like all the fights we're having, I don't think we are that far apart. I think we have locked in uh, just to, for the sake of winning, because we do not like the other side winning all the time. And I think yeah. that is, that's not going to change unless uh, we start to accept like where we are as a country, where we need to go. Yeah. Right. Especially, together. Especially as we continue to gravitate to these media formats, yeah. see previous discussion about doom scrolling that really try to find conflict and outrage as the, the main thing, the main driver of our energy. I think we talked a little bit in yeah. the past about the Social Dilemma uh, documentary that was really interesting. It's out on uh, HBO and a lot of Silicon Valley insiders who have now broken with the Facebooks and the Googles of the world to say that the whole incentive structure around those platforms is about provoking engagement. Frequently that engagement is negative emotions yeah. like anger, like outrage. So I do think there's real hunger for something new and different. And part of what's been new and different to your point, uh, Dan, I, I think has been spending time with that very small group of people you are personally, physically connected to yep. and how I think all of that has forced us to shift our mindsets, our perspectives, and I think it's made us all much more reflective. So that's why I think maybe the, the, the celebrations tomorrow will be less over the top, but I think the level of genuine reflection and genuine appreciation for the people in our lives, I think may even be greater. It's funny you, you bring up the people around us, right? Because I've been thinking a lot over the past few months about my neighborhood and my block mainly, and not a pod, but we have a, a group of kids who all play together and have been playing together fairly regularly. The parents are, are close. We would do happy hours in the street during the summer, you know, socially distant, but just to, to get to know people. And it's very intriguing to me how everyone's gone virtual, right? Everyone's on Zoom, on Meet, on web, whatever it might be. But I feel like COVID has brought back the neighborhood. 
yeah. and has brought back the connective tissue because you're not running off to soccer and to piano and to Irish step dance and to baseball. And like your kids aren't zooming all over the place. They're home. Yeah. And so there's been this new sort of connection for this neighborhood and for these kids uh, that I don't think would have been there if this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I like, there's a sense of neighbors again, of helping and, and of, chipping in and, and doing these things to make sure everyone around us is getting by okay mm-hmm. um, because of what's going on. Again, not thankful that COVID happened, but thankful for sort of these sort of ramifications of it and things that have come from it. Mike, you talked about the fighting, right? The idea of needing the, the whatever it might be, the argument to happen to bring people back to social media. I've watched half of Social Dilemma. I need to finish it. Haven't yeah. yet. Yeah. But uh, it reminds me of Sports Talk Radio. Right. Sports talk radio. The idea is not about agreeing with people. It's about arguing with people. Mm -hmm. And that's news talk radio, too, is about yelling at someone you disagree with. And that's what people want to do. They want to listen and disagree and prove someone else wrong. Mm -hmm. And it is just such an interesting media model that it's not just social media. It's been around for a long time. It just is now being refined to these algorithms and to these alerts and to these reminders to, mm-hmm. oh, you got to check back in. You got to check, you, you yeah. got to check again. And it's just that cycle has really become hyper in the way it goes. Yeah. That's a ridiculous point, Dan. I completely disagree. <laughs> I commend you on that point. I know Mike was being sarcastic, but I commend you on that point. What I will say though is I, I don't feel it. I, I really don't feel it anymore. I don't feel the need to be right in my life anymore. Oh, I feel I the was. need to be right. I just don't feel the need to argue with people to prove I'm right. No, but I don't. I remember like Mike, Mike and I have known each other for a long time. We used to have some ridiculous arguments yeah. for the sake of having ridiculous arguments mm-hmm. just to win. I, I actually think I've lost my ambition. I just no longer, it's not important to me anymore. And when you're talking about neighborhood, I don't leave my house like any people. Isolation is key to yeah. containing the virus. I'm, I'm there. You guys, good luck to you and your pods. <laughs> but, but I will say this though, Zoom has helped me rein in on who I actually want to speak to and who I don't want to speak to. And so I had, tend to have conversations with people who are mean and not agreeing with me, but I can learn from. That's mm-hmm. the people I tend to gravitate from, to all, all the time. And I think that's the important aspect. And I think... I, if anything can come out of this year and anything can come out of doom scrolling all these crazy things is that we move to a world where people realize that the way forward is to actually understand someone else's perspective, mm-hmm. not just wait to make your own point. Yeah. So- That's great. So it's something I deal with my kids a lot, yeah. where if they say something, ask a question, maybe I say, no, I say no a lot. And they already are jumping to the next thing without listening to my explanation. Mm-hmm. I have um, to pay. You know, wait and listen and hear. Yeah. Do both yeah. actively. And right. I, to your point, I, I think over the past few years, I've gotten a lot better about not needing to argue everything. Yeah. I don't need to be right. I don't need to lead. Like on a meeting or in the house, or I can take yeah. a step back and let other people do what they need to do. And I think that's listening and hearing. It's, it's, yeah. it's being active in the art of shut your mouth, take a breath, listen to what other people are saying. And to your point about understanding other people, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to listen first. You have to hear yeah. what they're saying and not worry about, oh, I'm going to make this counterpoint. I'm not going to listen to them anymore. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a great point of a way to be more focused on being thankful and have gratitude for what's going on is by listening more and hearing more of what people have to say. Yeah. And also understanding the power of silence. You you don't always have to fill those gaps. Sometimes, particularly if there's several people in a conversation in a Zoom meeting or something, and maybe you're one of the more talkative members of the call, if you try to go against 
your own pattern. So if you typically talk a lot, talk less. If you typically don't talk, force yourself to talk more. And in the aggregate, those conversations are going to be more fruitful because you're actually going to discover new things. You're going to hear from yeah. people who typically don't feel comfortable talking. And I think it ultimately elevates everybody's uh, game. Uh, but I want to get some final thoughts around what you're thankful about. So I definitely want to begin there. Yeah, Melissa, maybe starting with you. What are you thankful about? And feel free to be thankful for lots of things about this podcast along the way. Yeah. I, I am for sure thankful I get to uh, hang out with Dad on this podcast. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and me, that too, is, me too. Me too. It's me, not funny. It's true. It's true. Like that is one of my favorite people. No, I look, I am I am thankful, like Dad said it too. I am thankful I gotta spend a lot more time with my family this year. So I, I'm I'm very grateful for that. I learned to cook a lot more this year as well because I we came we came together to do that. So I am I'm thankful for that. I've realized what is important this year a lot more, and I've, I've realized who are your true friends are. Like you see a lot more of that, and so I am I am grateful for a lot of things that happened this year. I'm also really happy the year is over. Yeah, uh, and I'm looking forward to a better 2021. And now I've jinxed it, but <laughs> yeah. At least we I, I know think, who to blame, Melissa. That's, that's yeah. what's important. Everything was, I, I, we were setting up for a good 2021 as long as nobody let the word out, Melissa. So that we wanted a better 2021. But, but now if we play it cool, 2022 still in place. So let's, 2022 let's is over. still yeah. in place. I will, the last thing I would say is I do believe like it's uh, learning from mistakes and everything and learning from scars that you get. Like this year, the racial unrest, the, the divided country. I do hope, I am hopeful that Biden and Harris lead from the center, not because I am such a centralist, which I am in fact, but because I think it actually will bring both sides together versus being much more of a, let's just pay them back for everything they did for the last four years. Yeah. That's gonna be the worst possible outcome. So I'm, I'm glad because if anyone can do it, I think uh, Biden can. And so I'm hopeful to see that. There you go. Dan, uh, concluding thoughts? Yeah, I, there's so much I am thankful for. I am thankful that we get to talk still, Melissa mm -hmm. and Mike, as the world has changed and our lives have changed. To be able to come back together and, and talk about things is always great. Um, thankful for my family, thankful for doctors, thankful for my neighborhood. I'm thankful that this year's coming to a close, yeah. uh, to be quite honest. But the gratitude stuff, I think the thing I'm most grateful for is the meta of being able to, to your point, Melissa, before of see what I have See, be able to see what positions I have that are afforded to me because of who I am, because of the color of my skin, because of my gender, and be grateful and knowledgeable of those things that allow me to then help other people. And that's been a process this year that I've really tried to undertake while reading about George Floyd and reading about the stuff over the summer, working on some projects to focus my attention to where I can help. And so I'm grateful for the people who have trusted me with that stuff and grateful for them believing in me to to help them and to help them to continue getting uh, education out there in that regard. Overall, though, I think grateful for health and grateful for lots and lots of stuffing and cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving Day. There you go. And, and of course, we're thankful uh, for you, our listeners. So thanks, everybody, for sticking with us through this crazy year. Training in education has been a, a pretty wild ride, and we have some more stuff on the horizon heading into the end of the year and heading into 2021. It's really interesting time to be thinking about the future of learning and plenty to dive into there, but, uh, but always important to pause and reflect. It does feel like a year where we've all, like it or not, had plenty of opportunities to 
be more reflective and hopefully yes. uh, to your point, Melissa, maybe out of that reflection, some new awakenings can, can happen and can start to bear some real fruits. So hopefully we don't want to jinx anything. 2021 may be terrible. We don't know. The numbers on the, the pandemic are tough. The, the vaccine is coming. It'll be interesting to see how that rolls out. Plenty of angles to pursue in terms of predictions and expectations in terms of the world of learning. We'll dig back into that in the future. But hopefully our listeners, y'all can enjoy uh, a little bit of time to recharge and uh, restore yourselves take care of yourselves and continue to listen. And I'm very thankful uh, and, and grateful for both of you and your contributions to the show over time. And uh, with that, I think we'll wrap. So happy Thanksgiving for those of you in the US and thanks to everyone for listening. If you like what you're hearing, show your gratitude by writing a review, share it with your friends <laughs> and uh, we'll be back again soon on Trending in Education.